Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. Faith Radio, you are listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold, and I'm the surprise voice, a new head that is speaking to you. I'm Mark Senius. I'm the communication chair at the University of Northwestern St. Paul, and uh, sitting in for a bill today, and I, I kind of miss Bill. I like having Bill around. Bill is a good guy. I miss Bill, too, so, but you're fun to, to see here, yeah. Mark. It's fun to have a new face. And then he suddenly just appeared in my office, down, you know, because he likes magic and stuff, <laughs> just appeared, and, and, and he said... said yeah. Please come and sit in for me, right? Yeah, want to hang out for a minute? And Sure. And then he decided to not show up. So <laughs> I think it's a, it's a bit of a gag. So, yeah. yeah. Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Mark Senius. And today, uh, we're going to be talking about food. You know, when you're hungry, there's nothing like the great taste of food, right? And it's just a wonderful thing that brings God glory, is edible. Um, and what's also really cool about food is that you can have deep connections with food, you know, breaking bread over a table. And there's so many different kinds of food and uh, like all over the world, there's so many different types. And so I thought I'd grab a couple of friends that I enjoy cooking with and, and eating with and sharing fellowship over a table. And so I have in the studio with me today, intercultural coach from Cultivate, Min Jin. Tong. How's it going? How are Glad you? Glad to be here. Good to see you. And also Jason Meyer, who's the lead pastor over at Urban Refuge. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. In uh, South Minneapolis. So cool. Should be fun. We're just going to talk about food today. Um, but more than just food, but how food can play an important role with your church as you're trying to get uh, folks to communicate um, and to connect and to be loved by one another. We want to love Jesus. We want to love one another. So I thought I would start with just, you know, growing up, um, was food kind of a, a, a part? Like, what was the food life growing up for, for you, Jason? Yeah, so I grew up um, in a small Dutch farming community. Um, I, I can remember food just being uh, s- spicy was pepper. It was just <laughs> basically salt and pepper were our spices. A lot of the stereotypical meat and potatoes. And actually, I can remember um, once I was going to um, acquire concert and our choir director decided she was going to push the envelope of our food cuisine boundaries and go to a Chinese restaurant. Oh, oh. And I decided I wasn't going to have any of that. So I secretly went to the mall and got some pizza so I could say, oh, sorry, I'm full. I didn't know this was happening. And uh, so came from just uh, really just stereotypical meat and potatoes kind of uh, cuisine, and since then have just expanded wonderfully. Yes. Well, we can maybe talk about your exploration into coffee, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> which is a beautiful uh, thing. So what about you, uh, Mingjin? What, uh, what was your early food life like? Yeah, so my parents are from Taiwan, and I was born and raised in the U.S. So at home, we had three hot meals with rice, soup, fish uh, every day. Uh, cooking was a huge part of growing up. Eating food is a huge part of growing up. And uh, th- we had things a lot spicier than pepper. Uh, so peppers <laughs> instead. <laughs> Thai chili peppers, red, thin, 
and make you sweat. We would always joke, uh, Dad's got to wash his hair tonight, which means the food is so spicy he's sweating. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned that you were just almost fearful, I guess, of, of something just Not new. almost. Yeah, just completely. For, well, you went and got pizza. I like, Absolutely. I can't, I can't handle this. What <laughs> that's it, not fear. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what do you think it is about that, that we are, like, fearful of things, like, when we're eating? What causes that, that fear? It's just because it's unfamiliar and you're just, I don't know. What do you think? For me, it was just fear of the unknown. Um, I wasn't yet at the point where... I was had good experiences trying many things new and therefore to go beyond what I understood even just felt like a bridge too far. You know, food is so unique in this world in that it is one of the only things that is external to us and we put it into our body and it becomes us. It, it is a part of us. Uh, so I think there is fear with – if I put that in my mouth and it becomes a part of me, what is going to happen to me? So it's, it's natural to have some fear of the unknown, especially when it's something as personal as food. Yeah, and, and often uh, you know, when you go into those situations too and you, you are fearful and then you try something you can't believe sometimes that you actually like it. I remember going to – a. I mean, I I can never imagine eating tripe or you know or just beef intestines, right? Like that just sounds really gross to me. And so I'm at this uh, Ethiopian event just celebrating, and I start eating and just kind of putting food on my plate. And it's like, oh, this is so good. What is what is this? And it's you know, you're now eating beef intestine, and yeah. it's like, oh, had I known that ahead of time, I completely would have. <laughs> avoided it. And even now I, I still do. I haven't really quite had the guts to no pun intended there, wow. but, uh, it was, yeah, it was early on the puns, isn't it? And so, uh, you know, to go in and, and try that out. Now what's more natural than putting intestines back into intestines? I mean, it's one to one, right? It's yeah. near. Or a tongue. I mean, eating yeah. tongue lingua, exactly. you know, the exactly. stuff is pretty, can be pretty yummy. So, I mean, like even my son, uh, and th- there can be some trauma associated with food, I think, because my, my youngest son won't eat fish hmm. because uh, he went out, he caught a fish, really big fish and beautiful large mouth or small mouth bass. And it was, looked great. It's like, do we get to eat it? And he's like three years old, and it's like, yeah, yeah, you get to eat it. But he didn't realize that the fish had to die mm. in order for us to eat it. And um, and so because of that, he just has not been able to eat eat fish mm-hmm. so, since mm-hmm. then. Yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, and, you know, that, that kind of uh, helps us to be reminded there's lots of trauma that can be associated with food as well. If you're forced to eat something as a child, as a punishment or uh, some kind of connection, uh, you could say, you know, I'm never eating that item again because that brings me back, which actually helps us to kind of think about food is much more than just nourishment. There's a lot of spiritual connection to food. Absolutely. We are, uh, you're listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Mark Senius, and sitting in with me today is Ming Jin Tan. He's the uh, intercultural coach, coach at uh, Cultivate, and then uh, Jason Meyer, who's the lead pastor over at Urban Refuge. And you just mentioned that, you know, that definitely connected to faith. Uh, there's a top chef, chef named Kevin Gillespie, and uh, he was written up in a you know, magazine article a while back is it's, it's that food isn't just about making people full. 
It's about the connection that we have with one another. And when you look to the Bible and the traditions of faith, you find that so many things were shared over food and that there is that communication piece. So how is faith and food really connected? How essential is the, are the two? Jason, you're the pastor here. Take it away. So I think uh, people don't often take food seriously. And I think the reason for that is you can get so locked into what what you know and who you are that food becomes almost a self-identity and you forget that throughout the history of the Jewish people in particular, food often was a barrier and it became something where you had cultural superiority and there was a certain level of rejection just over someone eating something different than you. And then you get uh, taking it to the New Testament, seeing one of the biggest debates in the early church was, do I have to become Jewish in order to be saved? Is what I eat going to be something that actually brings me closer to God or separates me from God? And the book of Hebrews says, you do not have grace that comes with food. Food is not a means of grace spiritually in terms of what saves you. Jesus was the one who declared all foods clean by saying it's not what you put in the body that defiles it. It's actually what comes out of the heart that defiles you. And therefore, the the whole teaching of what food is in terms of your acceptance with God, it now can no longer serve as a barrier to God. It can now no longer serve as a means to God, but where it becomes super important within the church, especially, is that it can become a barrier to one another, and it should not be. And it, but it, it can also be a way of remembering who Jesus is. Exactly. Right. Not only remembering who Jesus is, but removing that barrier that food can set up between peoples, it can actually become a means of grace for connection for people together because it, there is a deep uh, fellowship and communion that happens when you eat together. Remember, it was Peter and Paul who have this confrontation in Galatians 2 where Peter pulls away, pulls away from the Gentiles that he was eating with And Paul has to be the one to confront him and say, I had to confront you because you stood condemned because you were not keeping in step with the gospel. So the gospel is actually the means by which we are accepted by God. And food in that instance became a barrier between peoples. And yet we see throughout the New Testament that table fellowship actually meant we're family together. We are one together. It becomes a way of expressing what unity in Christ means. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing to think about that. And it enables you to celebrate other people's food cultures, you know, even though it's apart from you. I mean, you know, you set it up earlier this, you know, in this conversation where I'm not eating Chinese food. And then here's Ming Jin, who's, you know, eats a lot of Asian food. I only eat Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, you've gone from just pepper to peppers, right? And so, yeah, and that that's where 
really unique and, the, and, and beautiful when you can start exploring other food cultures, knowing that it's like, well, here's, here's an expression of the creativity of, of God. You know, I, I want to take it a different direction. I, I'm thinking back to Jesus actually likening himself to bread, right? Saying, take my body and eat it. Jesus himself recognizes the deep connection that's there between us being a part of him mm. and and that food become a part becoming part of our body. That's a beautiful thing. We're going to take a quick break talk more about like how can we in our churches and and with other people in our communities how can we start thinking about food in a in a different way instead of just trying to eat and be full but uh, to help others see the fullness of God and everything that we do you're listening to afternoons with Bill Arnold I'm Mark Senius along with uh, Ming Jin Tong the intercultural coach from Cultivate and Jason Meyer the lead pastor of Urban Refuge this is Faith Radio Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at myfaithradio.com. You are listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold, and I'm your guest host today, Mark Senius. I'm at the University of Northwestern St. Paul, where I'm the chair of the communication department, and aren't I cool sitting in this chair? This is fun, sitting in for Bill today. Really uh, enjoy it, but it's made more fun by my guests today, who are Ming Jin Tong, from the, he's the intercultural coach from Cultivate, and also Jason Meyer, the lead pastor of Urban Refuge. And we've been talking about food today, and just how faith and food are so connected. I mean, much of scripture does have food involved. I mean, it's, you know, you've got the, in the Old Testament, it's banana bread again, right? And then uh, over in the New Testament, certainly the breaking of bread and and Jesus uh, reclining at table and, uh, you know, doing communion, the first communion service and just celebrating Easter. And uh, one of the things that's been uh, pretty interesting at the church where we have been a part of uh, this last, well, almost a year now, is we've been celebrating like food and and culture and where people are from and just to kind of as a way to get to know everybody in the church by having a, a family meal every Sunday. It's a pretty interesting idea, Not maybe not for every church, but it's what we've decided to do. It's kind of a rather large undertaking. A lot of work. A lot of work. A lot of prep. A lot of slicing and dicing. A lot of towels. <laughs> so, uh, so I thought it'd be good to, like, um, to kind of talk about that. So if, as we are uh, hosting these meals as a way to want to celebrate just the unique stories that everyone has. I mean, you know, Ming Jin, you grew up uh, with, with Taiwanese food and, and then you were just meat and potatoes in South Dakota. I was, uh, you know, growing up in San Diego, certainly a a lot of Mexican food that I would eat, and but it, my mom was very hospitable. We'd had these supper clubs and 
in the theater crowd that she was a part of, and they would come over. And so just a lot of food celebrations. And, and she introduced, she was very adventurous and would introduce our family to various cultures and food. And so uh, it's just been a special part of my life as well. And so I thought we'd talk about that. It's like that might be something for you at your church or even just with a small group to celebrate uh, the different types of food. So, um, but more than just celebrating the type of food, like how can we use it as a, as a ministry and to be able to uh, show p- people who Jesus is? Yeah, I think for us at the church, we made a, a, an important decision early on that we were not going to be a multi-ethnic but monocultural church, meaning a church that welcomes people from every ethnicity, and yet at the center of the church, there is one majority dominant culture in which all of the different ethnicities that come, they feel like perpetual visitors because we're saying you have to assimilate or submit or become like us in order to fit in at this church. That was not the model that we wanted to have, and so a lot of people go a different direction and say, well, we don't want one culture or one cultural expression to be at the center of the church, so let's just move that culture out of the center and become multi-ethnic and multicultural. But the problem with that is that you're doing diversity for the sake of diversity, and it's there's nothing in the center because it becomes a revolving door uh, in which you seek to express different cultural expressions, and it becomes like a variety show. This week, we're going to have gospel music. Next week, we're going to have a mariachi band. And the the goal is, let's get diverse expressions. And yet, diversity for the sake of diversity becomes idolatry. And you're in danger also in multiculturalism of a kind of cultural relativism where you say anything goes, and there's there's nothing that's actually it has to submit to. But what we see in the New Testament, I believe, in Colossians 3, 11, and 12, is here, that is in the new creation, there is no longer Jew or Greek, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. And what that means is with Christ at the center, it means we have to dethrone ourselves from the center of the church, dethrone our comfort zone and say, this is what everyone has to be in order to fit and say, Christ is the center. And not only is he the center, but he's in all. And therefore, all of these different ethnicities that are coming into the church, we all assimilate to him. We all submit to him. But something powerful happens When you say Christ is in all, because now you're able to look at that culture or that ethnicity or those cultural expressions and never say patronizing things. Oh, isn't that interesting? Because you're saying not just multicultural, but multi-ethnic, multi-generational. You're saying if I look down on the elderly, I'm looking down on Christ because Christ is in them. If I am... uh, in a sense, saying to this teen, uh, I'm looking down at you, I'm looking down at Christ. If I marginalize anyone, I'm marginalizing Christ. And so with Christ at the center and the ability to recognize Christ is in all, suddenly food becomes a way not to have differences to be threatening, but actually to show 
the bigness of God, the, the fact that no one culture has a monopoly on the bigness of God. So that's where it becomes really key. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, you're listening to uh, Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Mark Senius, and my guests today are uh, Jason Meyer, lead pastor from Urban Refuge in South Minneapolis, and also Ming Jing Tong is here uh, from the he's an intercultural coach from Cultivate. And so you're just about ready to say something in reaction to Jason. And yeah, so you here saw we go. my face. Yeah, I did. Yeah, very so good. Go for it. Yeah. So it's um, tell me again. The, the last thing you said was there's no one culture that kind of has the market, has the corner on godliness in any of its expressions, including food. And I would also say diversity itself in eating also does not have the corner in it. So one phenomenon that we've run into doing these family meals first and third Sunday uh, of the month. So I'm, I'm leading the way uh, with your team and we are asking families, share with us your food experience. And we want to help bring your family meal, uh, small f maybe, to the big church family uh, this week. And one phenom- phenomenon that we've run into is families will say, well, you know, we've had, we've had Korean food and we've had Ethiopian food and we've had Cuban food. But I don't really have a culture from which to share my food. And this is where we want to we dive in and say, you know what? All food is deeply cultural. There Absolutely. is no such thing as uncultural food. So we want to help everybody recognize the culture that they have in their family and to share that as a part of being a part of the body of Christ here at this place. Yeah, because we at one point, you know, it was, ch- it was chicken nuggets and sprinkles. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> that was the best meal we made. This <laughs> is like, I don't know how many chicken. It was like, and then macaroni and cheese, 100 boxes of craft macaroni. 100 boxes cheese. of craft mac and cheese. That's the quality that we're bringing here. Right, exactly. So, it's, it, it can be easy. <laughs> but that week that we did mac and cheese and chicken nuggets and no vegetables to be found anywhere, it was actually representing uh, our, our children That's right. and our, our children's ministry and. To be able to to say we see you, you are part of the body. That's right. Th- this is a meal that represents you, and it was just a beautiful expression of that. So sometimes people are like, "Well, why don't you have this diversity expression? Like we're we're not we're not going to have uh, an Eskimo meal, right? Eskimo cuisine because we don't have any Eskimo families in the church." Because what we're trying to show is it's the actual people who are in the church. We're now a blended family with an intercultural family of faith expression in which we're saying, this person is at our church. This is their meal. This person is at our church. This is their meal. So we're doing it together as a family. Yeah, that's so fun. We'll talk more about uh, this and, and creating culture and connecting through food. I'm Mark Senior sitting in for a... Bill Arnold today on Faith Radio, and my guests today are Jason Meyer, the lead pastor from Urban Refuge, and also Ming Jin Tong, who's uh, from Cultivates. And today we're just talking about food and the importance that that role plays in our faith and in ways that we may be aware of and in, in some ways that we're not completely aware of. Tune in for dessert, maybe. I don't know. Coming up here. So, I'm Mark Senius. You're listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. This is Faith Radio. And uh, we're asking you to think about how you might be able to connect 
and find community and celebrate the cultural beauty of food and it's the diverse ways that that happens right here on Faith Radio. This isn't Bill Arnold, the reasonable facsimile thereof. You're listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold, and I'm Mark Senius. Isn't that cool? That's well? I don't know. No one really cares. <laughs> I think but it's very cool. <laughs> it is. It's fun. Uh, sitting in here with uh, Ming Jin Tong from uh, Cultivate. He's the intercultural coach there, and also Jason Meyer, the lead pastor of Urban Refuge. And we've been talking about uh, food and culture and celebrating uh, God's goodness through food and the community and the connection that we can have through that. And just a little bit something that we sort of talked out talked about before the break is that we often think of ethnic food or cultural food. It's it's Chinese or Korean barbecue or any number of Ethiopian food or whatever. But you touched on something that's that it's 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 not what you think it might be. Yeah. So I mean, let let's go from this direction. You know, we might say, you know, I, I don't eat ethnic food. I eat normal food, right? right? I eat a standard breakfast, a standard lunch, and a standard dinner. Well, I had a cousin come from Taiwan, and uh, you know what? She just, I mean, she could not eat it because it was too gross. The texture was just grossing her out, and it was oatmeal. Oatmeal for breakfast. She she put one bite in her mouth and she had to spit it out and say, oh, I can't eat this. So for her, she's identifying uh, and using that notion of this is foreign. This is strange. This is in the category of ethnic food. Um, so, you know, w- we all come from a culture. We live and breathe culture all the time. It affects everything we do, including the food choices that we make. I remember the first time that I was going to go have Ethiopian food and thinking to myself, oh, isn't that the place where you like kind of go in and you don't use any utensils? You just eat with your hands and like that, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Like why is there no – and then you kind of step back and like, huh – well, you know, we kind of do that all the time. There's pizza, hamburgers, <laughs> potato chips. I haven't really eaten very many potato chips with a fork and knife. Yeah. <laughs> just doesn't just doesn't that's right. happen. That's right. That's right. So, and to be able to to um, to really kind of capture um, what culture might be, we often need to just kind of change our lens just a little bit. Yeah, in in Colossians three, uh, eleven and twelve, what I love about what Paul lays out. Uh, in terms of barbarians and Scythians, uh, Greeks would look down upon barbarians as not being cultured. And then among the barbarians, the worst would be, in their mind, the Scythians, who were settling in the north of the uh, Black Sea and were known for being, some translations like the Good News Bible has them as savages. And therefore, culture becomes encapsulated in terms of judgment calls that we make in which we say, oh, here they are. Like on The Simpsons, there was an episode where they break down in front of an Ethiopian restaurant. They see them eating the injera uh, with their hands, and and they're like, oh, they're eating with, with their hands. Like, let's go see what else they do wrong. And suddenly you have this idea that what I do is right. 
What I do is the norm. I'm the standard of judgment, and what everyone else does, that's ethnic. And that's either right or wrong based on whether I like it or not. Yeah. That I mean, seems dangerous. Yeah, the name for China is, in Chinese, Zongguo, middle country. We, we set the middle standard, right? Everything else is to the left or to the right, but not us. So we center ourselves is the point. Yeah. And that's why in Colossians 3.12, Paul says, not only is Christ all, but Christ is in all. Therefore, you, if you look down on the Scythian, you're looking down on Christ. But then he does have these transcultural values that is like a type of kingdom culture that says you, you have to put on Christ. That is, put on compassionate hearts, put on humility, put on patience, bear with one another in love. I, I love the idea that not all cultural expressions are going to have this kind of glamorous thing that we all like. Is, aren't the differences just great? There's some things you're not going to like about the way other people express their culture. And yet he can say, you have to humble yourself, meaning dethrone yourself as the standard, as the norm, as the judgment upon everything else, and see that in the body of Christ, Christ is the center, and everyone coming in, therefore, is able to express their culture because there's going to be the riches of of God on display when we say no one culture and its sages could possibly monopolize the, the wisdom of God. No art from any one culture could possibly monopolize the beauty of God. And in the same way with food, there's no one cuisine that's going to somehow capture the bigness and the creativity and the glory of God. You're listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Mark Senius talking with Jason Meyer, lead pastor of Urban Refuge, and also Ming Jin Tong from Cultivate. And um, yeah, I mean, just what you were saying is that that diversity, I mean, you just look at the trees that are outside, right? I mean, just the variety of trees that you have or the variety of weather you might have. There's just so much to celebrate. And then, but there are cultures like we can't grow bananas in the upper Midwest. It just Mm. can't happen. And so... You know, to be able to recognize what you can and can't do. And so I think that's pretty interesting. When we center, I think one thing what happens, when we center a kind of food, a cuisine, or even certain ingredients as the normal ingredients. So if I were to ask you, uh, what is breakfast foods? Well, egg and bacon and sausage and hash browns and toast and sometimes cereal and milk, right? And then if we were to travel to Asia and you go to the breakfast bar there, what are you going to find? You're going to find hot bowls of rice porridge with uh, something my my kids call uh, dog hair, but it's it's pork <laughs> floss, um, kind of a, a, a deep a fried pork. <laughs> pork floss. Yeah, it's pork wow. floss. Wow. Uh, si, uh, um, and uh, w- when we are able to enjoy a wide variety. Uh, we actually see more of God's brilliant design in the world. And we're able to have a more holistic grasp of his glory. Yeah, the great creativity of God is just, it's so vast and so unique um, and so many different stories. I mean, even if you might be from a particular area, there's the, every story is just super unique in how God redeems. Oh, absolutely. I mean, let's let's just... Let's start naming some of the things that happened in these family meals. So, like this past week, 
we had uh, a family that came moved here from China, and so you all put together one of the the best versions of chicken lo mein I've ever had. And it wasn't just, hey, let's showcase our diversity. There was such a moment to be able to say they're part of our family. So this is a, a, a kind of blended family now, and there's a fusion in which we're, we're highlighting this family is part of our family. And we were able to say in the closing moments of our service, one of them had said, you know, it's, it's really hard right now because on the news – You'll see people talking about – it used to be the Chinese government, but now they're just saying the Chinese. And so it's – I, as a Chinese person, can feel like when I'm out and about, I wonder how people see me. Mm. I wonder if there's suspicion. And yet we want to be able to say when you come into the church, what happens? They can say, well, this is a place where I'm loved. This is a place where I'm accepted. This is a place where I don't have to assimilate and have this kind of ethnic exhaustion where I'm always trying to fit in and accommodate. Here we're saying we see you and we love you. And food is a powerful way to say that. Let me draw a connection between the foods we eat and the, and the people we are. So let me start with language. Uh, there are certain words or expressions that exist within subcultures in any any culture in the U.S. anywhere, and certain ideas that are born from cultural norms. In the same way, the food we eat is shaped by the places that they those foods grow. Right. So you just talked about not being able to grow bananas. So there's, you're not going to find um, mofongo puertorriqueño. It's a Puerto Rican mofongo. It's like a, the mashed potatoes of the Caribbean. Uh, you're not going to find that in the Midwest because it doesn't grow here. That's not what naturally is coming. So the, the connection here that I see is you could begin by asking the question, what is cooking? Cooking, now I've thought about this a lot. Cooking includes finding and gathering and sourcing the ingredients that are around you and then taking those ingredients and transforming them into something nourishing through the application of ideas. And where are those ideas coming from, right? They're, they're coming from culture. They're coming from who we are. Um, if, uh, if boiling is something that you, you have tons of water around and uh, you have easy access to that kind of heat to bring water to a boil, boiling is going to be a very fast application of heat method to that particular ingredient. Um, the wheat grows more readily in the north of China. And so there are a lot of wheat-based foods like bao versus rice in the south, which is uh, – uh, there's going to be a heavier rice culture in the south of China. So kind of the, the social location of the people is going to inform the way that they cook, is going to inform the way that they eat. And really, it almost comes full circle and says this is now so much a part of the way we do it. This is a part of who I am. And then to bring back now the conversation that says, and Christ is in that. This is not some weird sideways way to do it. Christ is in all. And it's a form of worship. I mean, working on the kitchen team when we're cooking things, and I would say more often than not, we have really 
a vague idea of what we're doing. I mean, you know, it's like we're making, well, but it's like we're making this, but we're making it for 300 people. It's yeah. like, it's not a table of four, right? That's right. So it's, it's like, okay, we just went through 160 no pounds. No spoons involved. Yeah, there's, yeah. yeah, none. It's just like, yeah. you're cooking from the heart. And, you know, and that's where it's like, we're just trusting the Lord and like, well, this looks about right. You know, what's mm-hmm. the consistency that we want to make it be? And then we just kind of go for it. And you're kicking, uh, cooking 160, 60 pounds of chicken on a smoker and it's like you know you're checking the temperature and you got your little digital thermometer but yeah it's this adventure i mean it's almost like uh yeah you're on a quest and 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 here we are but we're doing it all together but and yet in through it it's like i'm helping the the family that is that we're celebrating this week celebrate with us and so that's like well i'm just gonna do this the best i can and or the best we can and yeah just celebrating the goodness of god in in that moment let me draw another parallel cooking with an indian friend of mine uh, from south india he wanted to make a shrimp sauce so what he took he took raw shrimp and put it in my blender uh with spices and with oil and he said oh the best way to make a shrimp tasting sauce is to use actual shrimp and when I realized and saw him doing that, I thought, what else am I missing in my life? Because I don't have his perspective. What else am I not seeing about God because I don't have his perspective on life? So there's a parallel there to learn from. Mm, that's, that is beautiful to think about. Yeah. That's rocking my world right now. You're listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Mark Senius. You're uh, listening with uh, Jason Meyer, lead pastor of Urban Refuge in South Minneapolis, and also Ming Jintong from Cultivate. Uh, He's the intercultural coach. And coming up, we'll be talking more about food and kind of sharing maybe some favorite food experiences coming up next on Faith Radio. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. Well, hello there. You're listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Mark Senius, the chair of the communication department at the University of Northwestern St. Paul. And as you're driving home this evening, uh, hopefully salivating and just absolutely starving when you burst open through the door, uh, hopefully not with takeout, but go like, I wonder what's in the fridge. Maybe I'll just grab a few things and just wing it. We're talking food today with uh, Jason Meyer, lead pastor of Urban Refuge, and uh, also Ming Jingtong from uh, Cultivate. And uh, not just talking food, but like how food really plays an important role in the way that we can connect with our congregations and the way that we can connect with one another, how we can love one another. And uh, just before we went to break, a lot of times we just, we don't, we only see part of what the, a food story might be and mm-hmm. the culture that it is. So um, you were talking a little bit about, you know, shrimp in a blender. And that it's like that helps you see something new and unique. Yeah, that's right. It opens my eyes. So part of my uh, privilege with uh, working at Urban Refuge Church, uh, leading the 
uh, production of the family meals on the first and third Sundays is working with different families. So every time that opportunity comes around, we have another family that comes. I talk with them over the week. Uh, this is the f- the meal that we enjoy. I learn about the ingredients they use, even where they source those ingredients uh, here locally. And what do we do with them? And so many times when someone is in the kitchen with me uh, and our team and they are. So I'm remembering a time now when there was a, a family from uh, Cuba and we were making black beans um, and they came in and I had a about it was probably a two gallon jar. Every time I tell the story, it gets bigger, right? It's a 10 gallon <laughs> jar of these really salty um, green olives. And uh, the man looked at it and said, you know, go ahead and dump the whole thing. And I said, the whole thing. Uh, I almost hesitated. I mean, I did hesitate. And I, I couldn't believe we were going to add all those olives and all of that brine into these black beans. Um, but when it was done, it was delicious. And it just opened my eyes. It just reminded me, even though I've cooked all of my life, it just reminds me, my universe, my ability to see how food behaves is so limited. So by working with family after family, my eyes are open. It's, it, it's like he lifted up um, a, a third eyelid on my cooking to say, wow, what else am I not seeing? Uh, and then and then as you – because you're there, you're, you're cooking and we're cooking and we want to totally honor the culture of the food that we're cooking. Yes. Right? We want it to be a grand experience so that we do celebrate the the unique story of, of you know, whoever we're making our food for. And uh, and being able to like trust what they teach us, and you know, and be able to see what they want us to see, mm-hmm. and then that helps them feel pretty loved as well. Yeah. So not only do you get to see more, but as you take that cultural expression of food and serve it, that family from Cuba would say, "We feel seen." Mm-hmm. And what happens is something powerful. When even if you're not from Cuba, for the other uh, ethnicities coming into Urban Refuge, they say, you know how, imp- how much that matters to us, that we're not just having a kind of tater tot hot dish or mm-hmm. a kind of standard Midwestern fare, but there's actually a commitment here to show the family that's mm-hmm. here, and it's not going to be confining to one culture. Yeah, one of the, one of the children of the people that we were cooking with they came into church that morning and they said, it smells like home in here. And that is what we're going for. As that is the, that is, that's it. I mean, for me, just being able to, you know, here we are, because we want it to be seen. We want the, the culture to be seen. We want to be a part of that. And, and that's where the worship for us in, the, in there, we're, you know, we're tasting and like, what do you think? Is this right? Hey, do we got the right consistency? And then sometimes the family will kind of come through and, and see how we're doing. And, the, you know, their faces are always beaming and just, yeah. And, and they're like, yeah, you got it. You keep saying the word worship. I wonder if we really understand that. Oh, maybe so, probably not. So what? No, I, I think you do, but let's spell it out because right. what happens? W. <laughs> oh. Oh boy. So what happens is, I think not only is that culture seen, and do we see new things about them? But we forget that in First Timothy six, it says that God gives us all things richly to be enjoyed, and that glorifies Him. That honors him. So, I mean, let's, I sometimes use the analogy. Let's say that I 
uh, prepare a meal for my son. It's his favorite one. I'm grilling. I'm doing everything. And um, I, I make this devastating meal of, say, mac and cheese and ribs, put it into his canister, and just can't wait for him to but enjoy Devastating it. in a good way, right? Good here's way. here's good the way. cultural use good of way. devastation. Yes. <laughs> yes. So let's say that he comes home from school, and I'm like, hey, how did you like your lunch? And he says, oh, you'd be so proud of me, Dad? I didn't eat any of it. I actually put it, I threw it all away. Aren't you impressed with my self-denial? And I'd be like, no, you had one job. Enjoy it. Yeah. I made it so you could enjoy it. And in the same way, God gives us taste buds, and he gives us these things richly to be enjoyed so that in the enjoyment of the food, we're enjoying the bigness, the creativity, and the love of God. It is a wonderful thing that so much of what brings God glory is, in fact, edible. Yeah, it's not just the problem of evil. There's also the problem of deliciousness. <laughs> right? yeah, and, and may we have more deliciousness <laughs> problems. You're listening to Afternoons with uh, Bill Arnold. I'm Mark Senius sitting in for Bill today. And uh, we are talking with Jason Meyer, the lead pastor of Urban Refuge Church in South Minneapolis, and Ming Jing Tong from uh, Cultivate, where he's an intercultural coach. And uh, do you have anything to add just to, to what he was saying, just as far as the kind of the act of worship and being able to, to see the glory of God? You know, or, or anything else? How about, how about a way of looking forward? Yeah. So I remember a time when I sat down at a, a Vietnamese restaurant here in the Twin Cities, and there was a pork broth in a noodle soup that I had that was just so mind-blowing. It was a flavor profile that even at 40-plus years old, I'd never tasted before. Amazing. And if in heaven God is making all things new, that's the meal that I want to have with Jesus. Just something that I have never tasted before because the food is new and I am new and my taste buds are new. And I think that there is no limit to God's creativity, right? Umami came on the scene, what, 20 years ago in the culinary world. How many more flavor profiles do we – we don't even have the mind to imagine what those might Amen. be yet. Yeah, further up and further in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just keep shoveling. And further <laughs> down into <laughs> our stomachs. Exactly. Uh, Jason, just kind of on that note, uh, that's that's pretty spectacular. It kind of opens it up to just completely taste something new. So, like, imagine, you know, in heaven and, and being able to eat a meal. I mean, you famously have said that, you know, one of the reasons that Jesus has died is so we could eat bacon. So perhaps that might be in the menu. But uh, where, where would you eat? I mean, wow. Uh, one of the things I always say is uh, bacon-wrapped shrimp. It's like my first favorite food wrapped in my second favorite food. And both of them only come as victory meat because of what Christ did to not only declare all foods clean, but to die so that we could not only be saved and have our sins forgiven and have uh, these cultures now be able to express the the bigness and greatness of God, but we get to feel his love towards us in that he's saying, I'm not withholding anything from you. It's an expression of his heart. So I, I love to think about bacon-wrapped shrimp that way. Well, bacon is really, you know, duct tape for food when you, <laughs> when you really get down to it. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. 
Well, I want to say a couple things. Just, I'm so glad that you guys were here, first of all, to talk about food and in a unique way and how we can, you know, celebrate uh, culture, and, but not to worship culture, but to celebrate culture and worship Jesus through uh, his beautiful gifts that he's given us in other cultures. Um, would, what would you say, like, for somebody listening, like, what they might be able to do really quickly here as we kind of wrap up, what, um, you know, like visiting a, a a Chinese restaurant or a cultural intercultural market or anything like that to maybe dive into or sample or what would yeah. you think? How about this? Here's my own personal rule. There's, there's always been foods in my life that I haven't liked. And so here's my rule that I've had for myself, even as a kid, always try it every time it served me because the person that made it, there is something that they love and I want to love that too. So try it every time until you do. For me, the last the last landscape is okra. <laughs> still don't like the final it. Frontier. Uh, yeah, that's right. I still don't like it, but feed it to me and I'll eat it. I would just say, um, don't just try food. Make food. We we create because we're made in the image of a creator, God who creates, and in so doing, we get to put on display the fact that we're made in His image. It's an amazing thing. And then when you Eat the things that you enjoy. Take a moment rather than just have it be something you're scarfing down for nutrition. Like, I can actually enjoy God in the enjoyment of this. Yeah. I mean, there is food that you just sort of eat to live, but then there are times when you can live to eat and worship the Lord in that process. And then hopefully in a communal way where you're sharing it with friends and enjoying fellowship and and being able to talk about life and connecting your faith and 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 you know and the food and what you're eating and all for the the glory of God. Yeah. Well, thank you very much Ming Jin Tong for joining us today and Jason Meyer um, here on Faith Radio. You're listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Mark Senius. Been filling in today and it's been an absolute delight. I'm starving. I'm going to go home and eat. Hope you are too um, and uh, Tonight, just take it a little bit slow. Don't just eat to be full, but eat to celebrate the food that you're eating and and, and the goodness that God has been, because he has done uh, really wonderful things, and we are glad. This is Faith Radio. I'm Mark Senius, filling in for Bill Arnold. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.